Hello and welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast brought to you by the California Capitol Film Office. My name is Charles Lego and I'm your host. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Christopher Cook, artistic director of the Green Valley Theatre Company. We received a tremendous response from that show, so today I'm delighted to be speaking with Danielle Mercado, artistic director of the Hummingbird Theatre Company right here in Rancho Cordova. On today's show, we'll have a wide-ranging discussion as to how Hummingbird Theatre Company came to be, their future plans, and we'll talk about her newest show, The Greatest Show, a Broadway Cabaret, which opens April 7th and plays through April 23rd, right here in Rancho Cordova. I hope you enjoy the show. So, Danielle Mercado, welcome to the Rancho Cordova podcast. Thank you for having me. So, let's start off. Um, why don't you introduce to our listeners the Hummingbird Theatre Company? Who is the Hummingbird Theatre Company? Uh, Hummingbird Theatre Company is um, my brainchild. Uh, started it in 2018, so it's about five years old. So, still young. Uh, we're growing leaps and bounds, though. And our slogan is Theatre for the People. And I really try to keep just, I think my mission is to not only create excellent theater, but to make it accessible for everyday Joe, for the common man. Uh, I think I've I've run into a lot of people in my life that don't ever go to shows, don't ever go to theater. So they think it's somehow snobby. And not for them. Right. And it's like, hey, this used to be television. Remember? Like ancient Greeks and everything. So this is the oldest form of entertainment. It's telling stories around the campfire and acting them out and playing pretend as a child. Like this is for everybody. This is not for only highbrow entertainers and, you know. And the Hummingbird Theatre Company is Rancho Cordova based and you only play in Rancho Cordova or have you done shows outside of the city? We have done shows outside of the city, but this is my home. Um, The amphitheater where we put on Shakespeare in the Park is like 100 yards from my home. So that's where I got the idea. I was like, we could do some Shakespeare here. But we have brought us the traveling shows to children's hospitals and homes in the Sacramento region. You have? Yep. Okay. Homes as in senior living homes? No, like uh, the Sacramento's children's home. Oh, 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 yeah, it's like, oh, a, yeah. it's like a foster home. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, UC Davis Children's Hospital, okay. Shriners Children's Hospital, and the Mustard Seed House, okay. Mustard Seed School. So we're going to talk about children's theater because I've only ever seen you do adult theater. Yeah. You know, for, for grown-ups. Yeah. But I know you're doing the children's show soon, right? So, uh, No, not this year. No? Okay. No, not this year. But we'll year. talk about children's theater. Okay. So how did, you say it's your brainchild. So did you wake up one morning and say, I'm going to start? A theater company. How did it come about? It was more like I was working for a lot of different theater companies and the it was never what I was looking for. And it was something like, hey, I think I could be I think I could do this. I think I might be able to I think I might be able to bring something good to the table. And I kind of asked around to my theater friends and said, hey, if I did a show this summer, would you be willing to be in it? And they're all so excited. And right. uh, we did Midsummer Night's Dream, and that was our first production. 
And we didn't really have a name at first. Uh, we just were like, we're doing theater. And they're like, what are you called? <laughs> I was like, uh, Danielle Mercado Productions. Right. And I was like, that seems very egotistical. Right. And I, I can't stand right. that. So uh, I thought That's about... That's very Hollywood, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> production company managers, and they always called themselves their companies by their names. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wanted something like <clears throat> can evoke a, an image mm -hmm. and uh, something that was always like a symbol in my family among the women of my family was um, a hummingbird. So hummingbirds were my grandmother's favorite bird. And when she died, one visited my mom. And so my mom collects hummingbirds. And... Uh, you mean we collect have little figurines, uh, more like real? necklaces, oh, pictures, okay. yeah. feeders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so it was like I think that's a nice, that's a nice yeah, symbol. It is a nice name. It, it's yeah. it, it it evokes joy. Yeah. And that's what theater is about for me. So so that's how you begun. You just decided you could do something better than what you had seen for yourself. So what were some of your early shows five years ago? Well, one of our first shows was Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. And we started with Shakespeare because it's one of my loves. And also the rights are public. So right. Uh, right. it was free. And I had done a cut of it myself um, that I adapted right. and made it shorter and more palatable for a modern audience. Right. So it's not four hours long. and gets a little more to the point and insert a lot of physical comedy and wonderful costumes and magic. And it was... And when you did it, you did it in the old English way or did you adapt it to modern? No, we did it in old English. You did? We did, yes. Which is more difficult. It is, the but... The actors have to be better. They do. Yeah. And they have to know what they're talking about. Right. But we had classes and like workshops yeah. okay. about what they were speaking about. So Midsummer Night's Dream, that was your first show? Yes. Okay. Yes, and where did you do that? We did that at the Village Green Amphitheater okay. um, in Rancho Cordova. Outdoor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we, we, everybody, it was like a cast of 25 people and everybody came over to my house and changed in my TV room and used our bathroom and know where the cups are in my refrigerator right. and loaded up the sets from my garage and walked them over. And like, it was very grassroots, yeah. like we are a group of people putting this on. We are not a fancy company. So for those who don't know the amphitheater, it's located in which park again in Rancho? The Village Green Village Park. Village Green Park. And it's basically like a traditional amphitheater, but you have to bring in all the lights. And did you bring in sound or just lights? We had to bring sound. in sound, yeah. So that, I mean, having done theater myself, I know that's that in itself is a chore. Do you have to break everything down every night? Right now, yes, and it is a Herculean effort yeah. in order to get it on stage and right. off. Um, but my cast has been incredible. Right. Obviously, I couldn't do that without them. Right. So, how many people are involved in the theater group in the theater company? Oh gosh, I would say usually there's around twenty to thirty each show. Uh, depends on the show, of course. Like for Clue, we had a smaller cast of twelve. Oh. Clue was a smaller cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I saw that, and uh, that seemed like a lot of people to me. Right. So it's normally more? Normally, yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It, you know, you fill the space that you're in with yeah. your cast. Uh, so, But there's a, um, a core group, and we uh, 
we have a really wonderful group of people that keep coming back and doing shows with us. And who runs with you? Is it just you or do you have... Oh, no, it's it's me. It's so also... you're the artistic director, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the artistic director. And then um, one of my other partners, um, Beth Beam, is one of the board members. And so is Sarah Fierbach. And she's also my assistant director and uh, costumer. And then Diane Standring is my stage manager, and she so came to me through Into the Woods. She was the stepmother, and she was so organized. And we're like, hey, I would love to. And right. we're like, we're going to put you on stage manager, and she's done a phenomenal job. Was she job. the stage manager for Clue? She was, Yeah, yes. yeah, she's very organized. Yes. Yeah. What is your personal favorite show that you've done? I would say we did The Lieutenant of Inishmore by Martin McDonough, and that was our second show that we did and it's the it's just the play is brilliantly written it's a it's a black irish comedy it's so dark um but hilarious like there's a cat that goes missing and this irish ira member goes on a bloody rampage trying to get it back um and it's just there's so many great moments of comedy and we just had a phenomenal cast for that yeah now it's your personal favorite that's probably my how personal many shows favorite. do you think you've done since do oh, you gosh. know? Um, or you have to think it through. I'd have to think it through, no, but at least we'll, we'll ten to, to twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great segue for us to talk about you. Let's okay. find out who you are. Okay. We find out who all our guests are, and that goes to the sheriff of Sacramento or to whoever. Sure. So tell us where are you from? Tell us about your family. Like who is Danielle Mercado? Well, Danielle Mercado. I was born Danielle <clears throat> File, and I was born in San Francisco. And my parents lived there. Um, my dad is a software engineer. My mom was a child life specialist, but she was also a ballerina. She was in the San Francisco Ballet. Okay. And we moved up to Placerville when I was 10, and she started volunteering at the local theater, uh, Imagination Theater up in okay. Placerville is where I met um, Peter Wolf and Lanny Langston. And wow. they really got me into theater because I was just helping my mom with the music. Right. But then they were like, hey, you should audition. And I did it. And I was like, this is the most fun I've ever had in my so life. So you've done some acting. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, that's okay. how I started. Okay. Yeah. Do you like it? I do. I actually yeah. prefer directing yeah. now. Um, it's kind of like I have always loved acting and performing, but directing is re where I found my home. Okay. So did you go to school in Placerville? I did. I, I did um, middle school and high school there, and then some of the JC, and then I transferred to Sacramento State, and I majored in theater there, and I graduated, and then I went to New York, and I lived in New York for a year. Okay. So mm -hmm. you, when you went to college, mm -hmm. to, to Sac State, right? Mm -hmm. Your plan was to get a theater degree? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what was your ambition in those days? My ambition, you know, it's... When you're that age, you're not exactly sure. Your 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 ambition is to do what you love. And so you're hoping that it pans out. And then I got my degree and went, well, that, you know, I need to go now. Like, I need to get out of this town and try something. I wanted to go live my life somewhere else. And went to New York, and I absolutely fell in love with the city. It's yeah. an incredible city. Right. And I really had to work there, right. you know. Right. And it, it was a very, like, eye-opening experience to the reality of the world and um, the the business of theater. And 
I was going to auditions and it was like, okay, I'm not actually enjoying this, even though I love theater, even though I do love acting and I love dance and all this. I'm not, why am I not liking this? And to, for me at that time, it was kind of like, I prefer, I prefer, I, I used to teach at my mom's studio and, um, I was like, I prefer teaching. Like what? Like what is happening? Like I never thought I would be this person. You know, I, I was thought that was something right. other people did, not me. Um, but it just felt like I wasn't making any kind of personal difference to the world. And so that's you were what just I wanted auditioning, to do. trying to get acting gigs. Mm-hmm. Okay, theater gigs. Yeah, but I found myself not wanting to go, no, not no, caring. Yeah. And it, it was like, why? Like, was obviously. It no, a lot it, of rejection it, in auditioning. It, you expect that? It was more like non excitement. Yeah. I wasn't excited about it, and right. I couldn't figure out why until I went and did it. You know. So when you get a theater degree, what what is it you're taught? Is, is it acting or is it directing? If you go to film school, you go to film school to be a director, to be a DP or whatever it is. How does it work in theater? In theater, you get a little bit of everything. You get a taste of the world. So it's uh, makeup and stage design and lighting design okay. and sets, um, script analysis, history of theater, um, musical theater, Voice and movement, singing, okay. you know, so all, whole just a huge gamut. Okay. Yeah. So when you were there, did you direct shows there? No. Students typically aren't no. allowed to direct shows. Okay. It's for the staff only. Um, but I was in some, but I was also doing theater uh, in the community uh-huh. um, and teaching uh, up at Placerville okay. for Performing Arts Center. So you came back from New York? Yep. Back to Placerville? Um Oh, yes. back to the area, Sacramento. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and then what? And then I just told my long-term boyfriend it was time to get married. And that's who you're married to and today? And that's who I'm married to today. Oh, so you've been together a while. <laughs> yes, we yeah. have. Okay. Um, but did you stay in theater? I did, yes. Actually, shortly after we were married, um, I got a job at um, Bradshaw Christian School teaching theater. And I taught drama there for Bradshaw, five. Is that Capital Christian? Uh, no, Bradshaw Christian School. Okay. It's it's on the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I taught there for five years. You did? Yes. Oh, okay. Middle and high school. Wow. Um, theater. Yes. Oh, that must have been fun. It was. It was also a very big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And what age group were they? Um, middle and high school. So oh, okay. about ten to, to 18. eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, well, that I did not know about you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely trial by fire teaching at a school um, because I had always taught in the private sector, but going to the public was um, was interesting because there's then there's kids in your class who don't want to be there. Right. And you're trying to convince them to want to be there. And luckily I got pretty good at it because I'd find something, like I said, for the common student that would interest them. And all of a sudden they're involved and they're engaging. And for a lot of them it became their favorite class, even though they had no previous interest right. in theater. Right. So I remember when I first met you, which mm-hmm. I remember clearly when it was, it was about three years ago. Maybe a little more. Just just at the beginning of the pandemic, just before it started, we actually met right here in our office. Yeah. And you, I, I, I remember you telling me that Shakespeare is your thing. Mm-hmm. 
So where did the love of, because Shakespeare is not really my thing. Okay. Um, although, well, it is and it isn't, but it doesn't matter about me. But what, what, um, why, what, how did you fall in love with Shakespeare? Well, I've always been a very avid reader. And I've always loved, I think, period-style stories, uh-huh. uh, fiction, fantasy, uh, but also historical fiction has been a huge favorite of mine. And then learning that not only were there books that had historical fiction, but there were plays that were still being performed that were actually the same words that they were doing in the 1500s. You know, like it was very beautiful to me. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved. And I saw a production when I was young, um, of Shakespeare and I was just enthralled. Like I, I was like, I, I don't understand all these words, but I understand the meaning. Right. I love the story, the humor, the actors are just having a great time. Um, and it became a language I really wanted to learn how to speak. And you did? You studied it? I did, yeah. I went to, after I taught at um, Bradshaw, I went to Chicago, and I got my grad school degree there in directing. So I did I did uh, study Shakespeare and acting in Shakespeare. And, and when you were a teacher, did you bring Shakespeare to the class? I definitely did, yeah. yeah. And a lot of kids were very intimidated at yeah. first. But then once I had them translate it to modern speech and then translate it back, they had so much fun with it. They're like, oh, this is really, like, silly. If you read like, a Shakespeare yep. script, which I, I've seen... How do you, you give it to someone, how do you begin to explain how it is? I think you give your first impressions yeah. as to how it is. So usually Shakespeare is not really meant to be read. It's meant to be watched. It's a, a television show. Right. You're not supposed to read the script. You're supposed to watch it. It's a right. visual medium. Right. So it was made for the peasants to watch, right. you know, and so I never have them sit and read it. I have them get up and perform it. So I think that straight off the bat, straight off the bat, okay. they don't know what they're saying, okay. but then just the pressure of them being up in front of people, it, you know, and saying lines, they're like, they're slow. You're watching the wheels turn and they're starting to figure it out. And it's really fun to watch. Right. And is that why you, cause you've done, well, I know you've done at least three Shakespeare shows, right? Yes. Is that why you do Shakespeare, Hummingbird? Um, or is it just just happens to? Well, it depends. Um, it you know it depends on what stories we're wanting to tell. It's it's a beautiful art form, but also there's other things that we want to do too. Like we did Clue this last year right. and Murder Mystery, and it was great fun. I'm very glad we did it, but right. of course we'll do more Shakespeare in the future. Right. Do you do mostly musicals, or do you do? We actually do mostly straight plays. You do? We do because because musicals are so expensive right. to put on. You right. have to, you know, buy the rights and right, right. those are very pricey plus just and musicals. Take a lot to rehearse, I would they, think. Yes, they're a huge undertaking. So we try to it really depends on our funding for the year. Yeah. Why did you do Clue? That was uh that was a fun show. I saw Clue. Yes. And you did it at our space here and we did, um, and, and it was it's great not a very success. Big space. It's not a very big yeah. space, but we used every inch of it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we decided to do Clue actually before the pandemic, like pre-pandemic. We right. had this on our roster, right. and we had had it cast, and we were supposed to do it in June of 2020, and then 
it was going to be just a company show, like just company members are going to be in this show or pick their parts, you know, um, as a special company show. And so then the pandemic hit and we had to wait two years and it was just like, should we even do it anymore? You know, and it just felt very trivial. Right. But gosh, we missed theater in that time. And we're so glad we got to come back and end up doing it because it was wonderful. So you've been around five years, you say, right? Mm -hmm. But three of those years, or two, (laughs) were pandemic. They were. So you didn't do anything during that time, obviously not. Well, towards the the end of 2022, we got out of um we just did into the woods uh which is a musical by Stephen Sondheim in October uh so that uh that was previous to clue and that was your first post pandemic that was our show? first post pandemic okay. and we had to you know we had to rehearse using masks we yeah. were here using yeah, masks yeah. um and the only way we would be able to really salvage it was because we were doing it outside at the amphitheater and it was COVID friendly, yeah. open air, right. you know, people could social distance. And uh, that was the way we were able to do it. So let's talk about children's shows. Um, I mean, you obviously, you, you're a teacher, you, you understand children. Do you, do you do children's shows? Do you plan on doing shows for kids? You know, it really depends on our situation as far as having a building, yeah. you know, one day. Um I'd like to bring it to the region, but also um, it's a very big undertaking and you need a great team of people to be to able to do a children. children's program. You do? Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah you have to well, have people you can trust and rotate well, in and yeah. out of positions. How do you find the actors? Sacramento, is mm-hmm. it a p- good pool of actors? I mean, I hear it is. You know, I think or it is. Or do you have the same ones? Oh no, we we definitely we definitely pull in new actors every show. Yeah, for sure. I, I always wanted to be a theater company that everybody's got an equal shot. Right. So it, it doesn't matter if you've been with us the whole time; you don't have a better chance of getting a lead, just because you've been with us. You have to be right for the part, and you have to fight for it. Right. And that has upset some people sometimes. Yeah. Um. But at in the end, like. The, the person who deserves the role gets it. Right. And it always makes the show better. So I'm an actor. I live in Sacramento, and I want to audition for you. How does that happen? Do you just put out the auditions, calls? Yes. Uh, audition calls usually on social media, uh-huh. uh, Facebook pages, um, Sacramento Actors page, all sorts of local things that local actors frequent. And do you are you successful in getting people to come to auditions? Oh yes, yes yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, and they're good. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm always excited to find new talent. And so the two shows that I've been involved in, not mm-hmm. involved, but I have been around while mm-hmm. you've done them, mm-hmm. was the Shakespeare. Um, no, no, it was Into the Woods, right? Into the Woods, yeah. Into the Woods and Clue, and they're pretty large casts. They are both of them because they were all here. Right. So what are the challenges of directing? Do you directed both of those, right? I did. Yeah. Well, so- no, I directed. I directed Into the Woods, and then. Um, in Into the Woods, I found out I was expecting yeah. our second child, and I went to my assistant director and went, hi, 
Uh-huh. You want a direct clue? And she was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. And she's like, I guess I have to be. But you were around, though. I was around, yeah. but I knew we were supposed to be going up at the same month I was going into labor. So I was like, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, so. What are the challenges of directing? How, how many people in um, Into the Woods? Oh, uh, 22. Oof. Okay. 24. Around there. Okay, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, what are the challenges, just from the layman's oh, point of view? Gosh, I think scheduling. Yeah, you know, it's like everybody's got something going right, on, right. and everybody has, everybody's got schedule conflicts, and their, you know, grandmother's birthday, and you know, everything. And I think that's one of the things that I love about community theater is that you integrate it into your life. Like, we don't want anybody to miss their grandmother's 90th birthday, right. you know. Right. Um, but it's like at the end, you usually we don't have a completely full cast until opening night. And that's just pretty normal all around. Um, but that's the way it goes. And did it do well into the woods? It did spectacularly yeah. well. Because yeah. it was right after the pandemic. I guess yes. Was and it was COVID yeah. friendly and outside. And people brought um, picnic blankets and Baskets and wine, and had a lovely time. So, is Hummingbird your nonprofit? Uh, we're not as of yet. No, okay. Yeah. So, your funding? How do you? Is it from derived from ticket sales? Do you get grants from the city? We are getting how? grants from the city, but we are supplementing it with ticket sales, um, and we're just very careful with our budgeting. Yeah, and I happen to know the city is very supportive of your theater group. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your plans? What is the plans for Hummingbird? Like if in an ideal world, what would you like to do? Oh, gosh. You never know. Someone might be listening who <laughs> thinks that's a great idea. I'm going to make that happen. Well, you know, they're opening. They've been talking about this Mills Art and Culture right. Center for several years. Right. And they were like, oh, gosh, you know, that that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Right. Well, that's we're, three years away. Well, when we first started, it was 10 years away. Right, right. So this no, is three years sounds wonderful. It's um, literally three years, I think, right. from now when it'll open. Yeah. So that's kind of like our our hope is that we'll be able to do shows, do there? shows there and kind of have a theater home. Although I do love bringing out productions into the community, but the process of load in and load out is just yeah. very big. So. so would you like your own? Space? Home? Yeah. I think so. I think it would be wonderful to have a place where we could really settle in right. and build our tech. And, like, you don't have to have a theater to do great theater. Right. But to do exceptional work, you do have to have an environment where you can control it. And um, I think having a space would be wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You wouldn't have to move in and out. That would be great. Leave everything there. <laughs> Um, how do you pick your shows and how far advanced do you do that? We really pick our shows based on the people that we currently have in our shows. We look around and go, we have the talent for this. And even if that person in particular didn't audition, we think we generally have this show. Like we could cast the show. And it served us pretty well. We've had a wonderful um gathering of actors and word of mouth you know it's like oh this person i worked with at sac state and now i'm bringing in this person who's also worked at b street and so that's kind of how we pick is based around the people we've got um but also we keep the auditions open so that anybody can 
Yeah. Have a great chance. And how far ahead do you plan a season? It really depends on the funding we have. Like we have we have dreams, we have visions. Yeah. But it you know, um it really depends on our budget and like how well this next show does and how much our budget will be for the next right. show. So what shows? We're going to talk about your next show. Do you have a show after this one planned? We do. Yeah? Yes. Let's our... talk about that one first. Okay. Because that's far. And then yes. we'll keep this one for top of mind. Okay. So um, our so we have this in April, The Greatest Show, Broadway Cabaret. But in our next one that we will be auditioning for in July and then putting up in October it will be Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Okay. And it's a play, it's a drama about the Salem witch trials, yeah. and it's an incredible piece of art, and I'm very excited to tell that story. And how many actors does that one have? Oh, gosh. A lot? I, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you'll be putting out auditions soon for that? In July. July? Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about your upcoming show, which is why we're here, The Greatest, the greatest Show of Broadway Cabaret. That's right. So tell us about that. Well... You know, musicals are an incredible amount of work. Yeah. However, we have actors who are incredible singers. Yeah. And, and this by gives... the way, I can attest to that because you rehearse right here. Uh-huh. And it's very enjoyable, this show. I'm glad. Listening to... Yes. To... We have some wonderful, yeah. wonderful voices. And so we have such a talented cast. And, you know, you cast... You do a musical, one person gets a dream role. Right. Right? But you do a cabaret... And you get to pick three songs from each composer, necessarily. Um, and so I say, okay, well, like, what might you want to sing? And one girl's par uh, dream role is Velma Kelly in Chicago. And so that's what she's doing uh, this time around. She's playing Velma. Uh, her name's Jen Reeves, and she's phenomenal. Um, and so she gets to play her dream role. Right. You know, and then we've got another, we've got uh, some, another person from, um, who loves Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. So he's singing some Phantom songs. Yeah, I heard him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. well, what is the show? Describe so, what the show is. Okay. Is it a show that, is it a show that you've devised or is it an actual show? It is a show that we've devised. It is. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a collection of numbers that right. we're uh, putting together and, uh, it's a uh, usually three pieces from each uh, show that we're picking, uh, but we also have an MC that's kind of guiding the audience oh, okay. through the night, yeah. and will be the constant. But we have some wonderful pieces. So coming. if you do three Andrew Lloyd Webber, for instance, yeah. or three Phantom, sure. Do you do three from Phantom and then three, or do you mix it all up? Uh, it it depends. Yeah. We usually mix it up. Okay. Yeah. And how long of a show is it? It's about two, two and a half hours. Oh, no, no, I like that. And with an intermission, obviously. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. So it's uh, if you're into Broadway musicals, mm -hmm. this is the show for you, for sure. For sure. But also, this is just beautiful music. Yeah. It's not just, just for people who enjoy Broadway. It's just for people who enjoy wonderful singers. Was it hard to cast? Not at all. No? Not really. No. <laughs> no? Wow. No, I have some wonderful singers who are all like, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. I'm like, great. Sounds wow. wonderful. Show it to me and, and I'll put it in. It. You're directing Yeah. It. Yeah. And choreographing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's got some dance to it? Oh, yes. Quite yeah. a lot. Yes. Okay. So... Tell us, where is it? When is it? So it's at the Hagen Community Center, and that's right near Hagen Park. 
and the Parks and Rec Department. It's in Building 1, which is uh, usually where they have the receptions for weddings and parties and such. It's a big empty room. And tomorrow, actually, we're loading in all the stages that we've built. Uh, we're erecting a curtain. We're putting up speakers, uh, painting the set. Uh, you know, doing we're uh, renting lights to put up. We have microphones. We're getting tables and chairs and a bar. And we're going to have wine and beer. Um and, you know, non-alcoholic drinks. And then we also got dessert um, by Estelle's, if you've ever been there. Dessert? Oh, oh, people yeah. can buy a dessert. People can buy a okay. dessert. And if you get a VIP ticket, one is included. Wow. Yeah, but Estelle's is incredible bakery. Yeah. So. Oh, I see. It's a whole evening. You oh, it's, it's an evening. A glass of wine, a dessert, uh, yes, and Broadway music. Yes, please do. Yeah. It was like, what... Like, what do audiences love? Like they want to be entertained, but they don't want to just sit there in a no, stuffy no. room. Right. They want to enjoy themselves. And is it proscenium or is it? It's a thrust configuration. Yeah. I I tend to not like to work in prosceniums because I feel like it's too far removed, right. audience and performer. Right. Um, I I really like to get the actors right up in the audience's faces, you know, so that they feel like they're part of the action. So how many numbers would one expect? If they come, how many songs? Oh, we've got about 10 numbers in the first act and 10 numbers in the second act. And am I putting you on the spot if I ask you to tell me some? Oh, well, I am personally singing the great... Um, you are? I, yes, I am. Wait, wait, wait. So you're going to be in this show? <laughs> I am. Oh, okay. I'm it's definitely o- It's like only... I, I'm never in any of my shows except these cabarets because oh, I you? love to sing. You do? I do, yes. I've had okay. several years of training. Um and yeah, I was actually, I was Miss Sacramento County. Um, and that's how I got my scholarship money for college. And I got it through theater because I got a bunch of theater ladies who do pageants were like, hey, you want to come do uh, um, a pageant and make some money? And I was like, what? I can do that. And so I started. So you were Miss Sacramento County? I was. Yes. When was that? 2007. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You got a little crown? I sure do. Yeah, still have it? I definitely do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, that's something else yes. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay, so did you sing for so Oh yeah, it, that's my that was my talent per se. Oh, it was. And, yes, okay. and I'll be singing at the show. So I will be singing um Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. What other songs can we expect? Oh, we got some songs from Chicago. I know you got Phantom of the Opera. We got I've some Phantom those. stuff. We've got some uh, When You're Good to Mama, Cell Block Tango. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how many performers are we going to see? Uh, there are 17 performers. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's at the Hagen Community Center, which is at Hagen Park, obviously, April 7th to the 23rd. So how does someone get a ticket? Uh, you can visit our website, and it will point you in a direction for the link. It's uh, hummingbirdtheaterco.com. Um, and we're also on Eventbrite. You can search us there, but the fastest way is through our website. And how much are tickets? Tickets start at $20 <coughs> and then $30 for a VIP ticket, which includes a dessert. And then some people are buying entire tables, which are for, for VIP tickets yeah. includes dessert. So you can sit at a table here? Yes, you'll be sitting at tables. Everybody will? Everybody will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So why don't we listen 
to a, a song from the show um, with your cast singing. Sure. The greatest. Well, you tell me. Well, you tell okay. me what we're going to do. So this is to. an excerpt from The Greatest Showman, and this is a song about belonging. And it is sung by Jennifer Miller, and it's called This Is Me. So let's take a listen. Okay, well, there you have it, a song directly from the show, The Greatest Show, a Broadway cabaret, and that's what you're in store for if you're going to see the show. So once again, Danielle, let's tell people where they can buy tickets. That's the most important thing. Where can you buy tickets? You can buy tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, visit our website at hummingbirdtheaterco.com, and it will have the link there for you. We also have it on our Facebook page. You can give us a follow. We're on Instagram as well, and we'll be providing links to the entire social media network. So there you have it, the greatest show, a Broadway cabaret. April 7th to April 23rd, you can go. You can hear um, Broadway-type music, and I can attest, having heard rehearsals, that it's very, very well performed. You can have a dessert. You can have a glass of wine or a glass of beer or both. <laughs> so now, Danielle, we're going to close out. Well, first of all, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for thank having me. Thank you for me. coming we're on so to excited. podcast. Thank you. So what are we going to close the show out with? Uh, we're going to listen a little excerpt from uh, Phantom of the Opera called Music of the Night. Thank you for listening, and until next time. <laughs>